0: Rough in the rough diamonds. Welcome to Rough in the Diamonds, the podcast where we love to hate the things you love. We review the worst and the weirdest episodes of the best TV shows. I'm Nathan, and I'm joined by the delightful gentleman known as Dave. Dave, how yeah. are you?
1: I am doing very fine, very well at the moment, very fine. How's everything with you going?
0: Yeah, great. Have you recovered from our last podcast episode, from our yeah, last recording? you know,
1: I, like physically, yes. Emotionally, not quite. Um, <laughs> still, yeah, man, keeps me up at night, but what can you do? It's, it's I mean, what we It's what we go through for our listeners here.
0: Yes, it's it's what we suffer for the benefit of our listeners. And I have to remind myself, I, I did choose this life.
1: Yes. I mean, I didn't... This life actually chose me, but whatever. <laughs> same, same thing.
0: We're kind of in the same boat. As a professional memeologist, um, I see how that might, might be true for you.
1: Mm, yes.
0: But now that we have uh, Breaking Bad's The Fly out of the way, we do come to our listeners with a breath of fresh air.
1: Funny you should say breath, um, (laughs) because the next episode is uh, entirely underwater. And remind me what that is, Dave. It is Season 3, Episode 4 of Bojack Horseman, Fish Out of Water. I'm a land creature. I don't belong down there. You can lead me to water, but you cannot make...
0: Yes, and this is a good one. Yes, actually. um, This is not an instance of... Uh, a bad episode in a TV series as much as one that's out of place and a bit unusual yeah. and experimental. And in this case, they absolutely freaking nail it. Absolutely. Everything about it was just it was just great. It was a great episode. Can I tell you like my experience even from the opening scene of this?
1: Yeah, go ahead, man.
0: I wanna I wanna tell you what I saw and I'd love to hear like your thoughts on on if you had the same experience as me. Because it's pretty clear cut, BoJack needs to go to some underwater film festival. As always, he is completely insensitive and doesn't treat people well. He yep. decides that he doesn't want to even go underwater, but he's taken there anyway. God,
1: underwater! I haven't been underwater since my mother tried to drown me in the bathtub when I was twenty-two.
0: I can't do this, Anna. I'm sorry. That's yep. that's uh, the gist of what happens. But there were so many little things, like in this one scene, and and BoJack Horseman, despite being like a dark adult comedy i suppose they've always been really good at that cartoonish yeah um, just those the visual gags yeah visual gags and and the play but in just sort of watching that first bit uh it starts off with his uh manager i think and she's she's reading a menu and there's a gluten-free option and also on the option is a some gluten option there's a There's a mama snake who has a baby snake. They're obviously rattlesnakes. Yeah. And when the baby gets agitated, it pulls out a rattle. Like a baby's (laughs) rattle and shakes it. Uh, She's being served by uh, a fly man. The fly is the problem. And when he comes to deliver the soup to her, he's got his finger in the soup. (laughs) It's a contamination, and that is in no way a misuse of the word. It's just... So many great... And when Bojack gets... When Bojack gets tasered, it was done by an electric eel. It's
1: just perfect.
0: It's, we've got, like, four or five good jokes,
1: and that's in the first, like, minute of and the episode. And they're in a, so a submarine.
0: A he was, he, you think he's in a plane, but he's in a submarine. Yeah, And rather yeah. than an airline, it's got a note on the side that says it's a sea line. Perfect. This is amazing. That's that's more content than the fly had. In it, like really the 40, it really minutes. is. It really is. If the fly had that much in it in the entire thing, <laughs> we I would have had something to talk about. Been that would have been fun, but no. <laughs> uh. Was there anything else you saw? Did you, did you feel the same way about this as I did? I did, yes. I mean, I like, uh, again,
1: there's just so many little, yeah, all the little jokes, even though they're just sort of small things, they really just kind of do make it because when you notice there's a lot of them and they're all just, you know, they're just quick, quick
0: one off jokes, but they're all really good. It's content. It's like, um, Early Simpsons, I feel, had a lot of that. Yeah, right? Yeah. There, there'd they- always be those pretty funny, tongue-in-cheek jokes that were just just hidden in plain view. I remember one episode in particular. There was um, the episode where Lisa found out the truth about the founder of Springfield, Jebediah Springfield, and she went to the, the History Museum. And on the sign for the History Museum, it said... Ah, uh, where history comes to life, and in brackets, it said figuratively.
1: <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, I love jokes like that in TV shows. It's kind of and it was yeah. it was
0: just there. And to the the adult discerning watcher, like that's really funny. And it doesn't disrupt anything. It's not crude. There's no sort of risk to your children, you know, seeing something they shouldn't. It was just really. Great. Here's a joke, and if you'd like to, to enjoy it, you're very welcome to, is almost what they were saying. And I feel like that's this episode.
1: Yes, yes. I, I very much agree. Ruff, ruff.
0: Ruff, 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 ruff. M- a- Diamonds. Now, Dave, have you ever watched Bojack Horseman before?
1: Um, I will admit I actually have. So the first time we watched this episode together. I hadn't watched it, but then I actually watched through Project Horseman recently, um, and there's quite a lot of... There is a lot of humour like that throughout the entire show. Um, just those small visual gags, a quick and easy joke, but they just really add to it.
0: I'm glad you'll have a fresher perspective than me because I have watched quite a lot of this, but I watched it when it was all very new, so it has been Right,
1: quite a- right. So uh, how about we uh, I- dive right into it?
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll, I'll see myself it out now. <laughs> I've been waiting for like 10 minutes to use that one. Because we've only just got our feet wet. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, suck. Man, I feel terrible. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right.
1: Like, I, a- I feel like. This is what we like. We get to make a few lame jokes because of the last episode that we had to do. This is our
0: (laughs) that's true. It's it's a catharsis. Um, A story from my real life. I used to work with a couple of very large uh, boating groups. Okay, and I would always find myself apologising because there's only so many metaphors that don't involve water and boats yeah right Actually, i'd always accidentally be talking about rocking the boat bailing things out <laughs> going down <laughs> with the ship it's true wow <laughs> like completely without meaning mention it. <laughs> now you mention it, there's so many just in english <laughs> so many phrases like that so i'm just cutting your puns off at the pass here my man yeah <laughs> That's fair. Um, feel free to continue Be- to do that. You might have before to. You, before you in drown leaf. in jokes. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sickening myself as well as our listeners. Okay, fair enough. Got it all
1: out of your system.
0: <laughs> There's a, been a contamination. Contaminant. Contaminant. Contamination. Contaminant. Contamination. It's a contamination, and that is in no way
1: a misuse of the word. I'd like to watch through it all again, because again, there's just so many little jokes, and I probably missed quite a few. One of my favorites was there's I think' they've, there's some people they've gone to a funeral, and there's this ferret person talking to this man about, um, I don't know, trying to pitch him an idea, and he's just like, "Oh, we should have respect for the um you know, the person who's just died, but you know, feel free to get in contact afterwards, and I'll let you go to, go back to your business." And then the ferret walks back walks back to another group of ferrets. And so the name for a group of ferrets is a business. So oh. <laughs> I that was amusing.
0: Yeah. Did you, did you know that? Like, did you just know that a group of ferrets is called a business? No. Um, someone like told me about it and then I was like, Oh, okay. That's clever. man. That's it's so great. good. Yeah. That's so like, I'm not laughing out loud, but I'm smiling. That yeah. is clever. And I really respect that.
1: Yeah. It's really good. Like it's, it's just so it's subtle kind of humor.
0: Um, and yes. you know, I learned something. It's, it's easy, intellectual so. humor. Yeah.
1: To be fair, you have to really have a very high IQ to understand <laughs> Bojack
0: Horseman. If you're smart enough to watch Rick and Morty and understand it, you may be qualified to understand this. Yeah. <laughs> um. What sets this episode apart from the rest, though, and what makes it eligible for this podcast is that once Bojack goes underwater he's in a diver's suit it's sort of a space suit diver's bell sort of helmet and he no longer can hear or be understood because he's literally underwater
1: yeah like it's he can, he can hear but everything is just sort of you know muffled and sort of Ga- garbled yeah
0: garbled yeah, yeah. Blah, blah,
1: blah, 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 kind of kind of deal
0: <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> And, and this means that for the entire episode, he is completely incapable of communicating.
1: Yeah, that's just what
0: really set this episode apart from the rest. And, like, a really bold choice from the writer's room. Yeah, especially
1: since the show is so, like, dialogue-heavy, I guess.
0: Um, yes, that's really true. It's it's the exact opposite of, of what it normally does. Yeah. Um, and uh, there, there are certain, like, out-of-the-box kind of tropes that cartoons will do, and I just recall growing up every now and again, there'd be the musical episode, you know, where they throw um, the normal convention out the window, but yeah, I can't think of, and I'm sure they're out there, but I can't think of other episodes where there really was the our characters aren't speaking episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um- and of course, it, it's it stays really heavy on the visual gags and the display because it it, it has to, to make the episode work. Yeah, which, which it does. And when they land at the seaport, not the airport, that continues really strong. The, there's a whale that squeezes into a car, um, <laughs> and there's all these sardines that jump and cram themselves into the car together. Oh, that was so good. I I also really love that um. Very early on, he walks past a TV that shows his dog friend, uh, Mr. Nemesis, Mr. Peanut Butter. Mr. Peanut Butter, and you'd love this since this is your island home at the moment, Dave. It it's it's just like a Japanese TV show. Yeah, right.
1: It's like he stepped into this completely different world, and like, yes. and the ad, the ad, the TV is showing like an ad for. I think it's like seahorse milk or something, and it's got Mr. Peanut Butter in it, and it's just this completely yes. wacky ad that doesn't really make any sense. And then, and that's it like captures that that feel of you going
0: to somewhere completely different, and just being this completely alien place to you. Yes, I completely agree. Like, it does two things. The first is that there's some foreshadowing there, but it's like this great imagery that describes the sameness. And the otherness of the sea at the same time, it has this humanity and that, like he has the connection to Mister Peanut Butter, but at the same time, it's 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 really uh, otherworldly while it's familiar. Yeah, um, yeah it's just As like, well as having like- that that difficulty to, to communicate, and that's mm. that's like what visiting Japan is is quite like. It's it's one of those real. Um, islands of maintaining their own distinct culture from global society also the french smell and i hate them you go there and it's all human and you understand most of it and how it all works but yet at the same time it's really unfamiliar and really different and i feel like of all the examples they possibly could have done to sort of show how different the sea is to bojack even though he can still operate in it there's like barely but there's no better example, I think, than, than what they did with that one image of Mr. Peanut Butter on the TV. It was perfect.
1: Yeah. It just, like, sets the tone for the entire episode. Ugh, fish. They're so annoying. <coughs> Sorry, lady. No abla
0: fish talk. But alas, Dave, it's not so because the sardines carry him away on a bus.
1: Yeah. For, for all his efforts, he just gets swamped by the school of fish, gets stuck on a bus, and then rides it out to kind of like the middle of nowhere.
0: And it doesn't stop for a moment because as he wakes up in the middle of nowhere there's a male seahorse giving birth. He helps deliver the babies. He tries to get home but as they said at the start of the episode that thumbs up is rude so you can't hitchhike. You need to be sensitive to their culture. Things are different down there. Yeah. Yeah. I love that how it's it's they
1: don't really explain what it means, but it's it's better that way. It's, it's just, <laughs> yes. it's, it's, it just obviously means something yes. usually rude.
0: You know what a thumbs up means, right?
1: Yes, I know what a thumbs up means. Like to the to the underwater people, the sea people, and he just
0: doesn't get that. He does it a few times in the episode.
1: Yeah, which I love. Um, there
0: are, there are definitely some lessons that this man just can't learn. Yep. he yep. also has this kind of B plot that he's hiding from a woman that was fired from his old show that he hasn't yes. treated right. Yeah, um, He tries to write to her since he's not capable of speaking, but she leaves.
1: One of the ongoing themes, or I guess the main theme of the whole Bojack Horseman as a whole is him trying to be a better person but being not very good at doing that. And he's, oh, you know, he's, making, cool. he's making an effort here, at least, even if it doesn't really turn out he still did make it make a bit of an effort
0: do you think there's anything in that how sometimes people will move to a new place and try to use that as an opportunity to change their character
1: i feel like it could be um because yeah i guess it goes with the whole um you know the whole sea change thing oh there we go there's another pun yeah um,
0: yeah that's that's really good though yeah and, and while he's in this new environment, and, and maybe there's something about, like, the trepidation and fear of being in a, a strange new place that sort of pushes people maybe to mend their connections or or approach life a little bit differently, but he seems to be doing that. She can't see it, but we can, that he's genuinely trying to make a difference. Um, yeah. Whatever that kind of might mean for BoJack.
1: BoJack. Oh, yeah, Todd. The contamination. Science. Contamination. Science. Contaminate. Science. Bojack. We're making mess here.
0: If you say so.
1: Yes, science. Sorry, but real horses don't just do whatever someone says.
0: And a baby seahorse, of course, is left behind because this is what gives uh, the drama to the story. Not only is he trapped in the middle of nowhere, he is stuck with a baby um, with no way to find out where it needs to go. Um, he actually nurtures that seahorse just like Maggie Simpson. Yeah, I got really serious Maggie Simpson vibes from that seahorse.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, And and so he basically spends the rest of this episode
0: trying to get this
1: baby back to its father.
0: Yeah, and first he tries to feed it a cigarette, which is the (laughs) best. (laughs) Why did he bring cigarettes underwater? (laughs) Needless to say, that didn't work. No, and he tries to get the seahorse milk from the store... Which of course has Mr. Peanut Butter in his face yet again. The poor guy. He goes to the literally the ends of the earth, to the bottom of the ocean, and even there Mr. Peanut Butter (laughs) is grinning at him like the dopey dog that he is. Outside where he sees the sign of Mr. Peanut Butter, it's like it's got like signs on the
1: wall and stuff, and like the first one is like C V D rentals. Like, oh that's so dumb. And then like her- it like herring aid
0: batteries sold here. Oh, no. Like, instead of hearing aid. <laughs> oh, no. It's just dumb little gags like that. Love it. It goes to show, though, like they were able to say to the, the writers, the comedians who write the show, go to town on this theme. Like find all the great gags you can. When you let people take that level of creativity, you're obviously taking a risk. But it yeah. can really be rewarding. And I feel like this really was. Really letting them shine in their element and do something special. Mm. Did you see the name of the shark who was manning the store? Uh, no, I didn't. Remind me again. <laughs> I did. It's Tim Jaws. Oh, oh my. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and he won't accept uh, United States dollars. <laughs> at the bottom of the sea, yeah, he's got like all these like colored, colored seashells. Yeah, so I guess that's their currency. <laughs> their currency is seashells. <laughs> and he chases Bojack away with a baseball bat and a crowbar. Oh, and did you notice that all the distances, um, all the distances, are displayed in nautical miles? That's so good. That was perfect. Oh, awesome. It's just the attention to detail in this show. And the fish, and this, I know this comes up shortly, the fish don't swim. Yeah, they walk around. They're all humanoid, even in the dark trench where they all have like completely messed up heads. You thought the fly was like a weird humanoid head, but in the bottom of the ocean, they're super weird. But even then, they don't swim. They all just all sort of walk around in the bottom of the trench. Yeah, yeah. When they're at the bottom of the trench, they step into the Legend of Zelda light and travel back up into the sky.
1: Yeah. Really Through, like, the um, vent of hot water and bubbles.
0: And it's a dangerous vent, which goes into the taffy factory where the dad works. So yes, that's right. We've we've, we've brought the, the storylines back together. We've brought the... Baby, back to its father. Um, Did you notice that it's a freshwater taffy factory?
1: Yeah, Uh, I didn't really know the ocean. Yeah, like uh.
0: I can't say that I like particularly love taffy. I know that if I can, if I go to like um, a chocolate a shop that has like higher end chocolates, that I could buy taffy. But I don't know. Have you ever just been to the supermarket and said, "Yeah, I'll grab some taffy"? Not really a big Taffy fan either, so... Why a Taffy factory? What's the joke with Taffy? I don't know. What's the deal with Taffy? Like I feel
1: like they just picked it because they're like, oh, you know, we can make a lot of visual jokes with, like, the stickiness and, like... The slapstick
0: of the the stickiness. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, there's a bit... He's getting chased through the Taffy factory and, like, a bunch of Taffy has just sort of exploded and it's, like, all just covering the ground it's a contamination and he's walking through it very slowly and he's being chased very slowly by like these security fish who are also walking through slowly through the taffy rather than swimming.
0: So saltwater taffy is quite specifically a thing. And I think, oh, I think okay. that's really the joke in itself.
1: Okay. That, that makes sense now.
0: Because if you yeah. are under the water, I suppose you probably want to have freshwater taffy. Yeah.
1: Okay. There we yeah. go. Okay. All that's right. why they picked it. You've, Solved the mystery. We <laughs> solved the mystery. Up, pack up, go home.
0: <laughs> We're done. Thanks for coming to my TED talk. Yep. The uh, Rough and the Diamonds series is peaked here. This is the last episode. Thanks for
1: listening, guys. See you all later. Peak.
0: peak rough and the Diamonds. <laughs> he takes the the baby home. It's all very touching. Where is the deadbeat mum? Yeah, like he takes the baby home
1: to the dad, and he's like mm. dishing out food for like his, I think six. Yeah, his many, six many kids. children. Look at how it's it's he wa- he walks into the home and it's got the dad and there's a sign that says congrats on your five kids and then you know he get just gets a pen and just writes six on it instead. Very and He nice. tries he tries to give Bojack some like shells, some money, I guess, to be like, hey, thanks for bringing uh, my kid get, yep. kid back. But Bojack's like, oh no, I'm I'm good, which, which is which is kind of nice given that the whole episode he was trying to pay for things with U.S. dollars, but
0: he he couldn't. Um, did you notice as well that he's a horse and it was a seahorse family that he looked after.
1: Yeah, I thought about that. I'm like, I, th- I think they did that again just to make it sort of, as like a minor joke, not really something that you'd laugh out loud at, but you're like, oh, okay, he's a horse, and he's helping out a seahorse. That's ironic.
0: Yeah, I wonder if that's maybe why they had a connection. Who knows? Could be. Yeah. yeah. And I think this is, is this the point where uh, he's given nicotine patches and butt delivery vodka, or is that, an, is that once he makes ah. it back to the party?
1: Yes, I think that is where... Yes, when he makes it back to, like, the premiere party
0: thing. Um, After that uh, touching reuniting his uh, baby with its father, Mm. there was one thing there that really bothered me, and um, they used the pun Big Splash twice. They used it twice... Unforgivable. ...in the episode. Such amazing writing through this whole thing.
1: Yeah, and they have and then- to go
0: and repeat the same pun. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. Step up again. This began. is a disgrace!
1: This episode is unwatchable now. You heard it first from us.
0: <laughs> I take back every compliment I ever made. <laughs> yep, made the same joke twice. Yep, wrap it up. We're done here. Look, it's not the world's biggest crime. I feel that the fly episode of breaking bad was the Uh, world to (laughs) describe
1: i was i was thinking that but i wasn't gonna say it i felt like we've referenced (laughs) that episode too many times we should just like let bygones be got bygones and try to push that horrible memory away but yes these wounds
0: will never heal
1: yeah they'll always be there the scars will remain
0: Rough in the Diamonds is very kindly brought to you by our sponsor, Switchnode. Switchnode are the leaders in telecommunications. They give amazing service for business internets and phones, all without using the Australian National Broadband Network. Instead, Switchnode used the mobile phone network, meaning that the connections are faster and more reliable. If you're running a business in Australia, then please support our sponsors who do so much to support us. For more information, visit switchnode.com.au. So,
1: yes, what happens there is he finishes up returning the kid to his dad, tries to make it back to the premiere, but he's already like super late. He like checks his phone. And it's like ten o'clock, and it's supposed to be at the premiere at eight. So he's obviously missed
0: that. But I think he tries to go to like the after party, I guess. And it's here that he fails to deliver his message because the ink has run.
1: Yeah, he he finally finally got got the letter. Got back to you know civilization after all that effort. Just failed.
0: There's some for me really touching imagery. Because he delivers the truth of how he feels on the wrapper of the baby's milk bottle. But I feel that he's showing us that the lessons that he's learned, it's written on the experience.
1: Yeah, it's not just... That experience is what's
0: actually taught him to be a better person. It's taught him maturity. Caring for that newborn has translated as compassion to this other person that he's mistreated. It really does feel during the course of this that he has grown as a person. Yeah, like um, at
1: least somewhat, which for him is a big
0: step. So. It's a really big step. In true Bojack fashion, though, he completely blows it, <laughs> which is yeah. also really wonderful. Despite the lessons learned, he still can't give a proper apology and, and mend things. Classic Bojack. Is that is that the close of the episode? No, well, just about. So they work in
1: one last sort of little thing. Um, so he's at the party, he tries to get um, tries to contact Kelsey and say that you know, give her his letter as we talked about. And then some then there's a, he find, he sees another human walking down the street with a suitcase and one of the um, helmets, and he's pressing aside a button on the side of his helmet, and he's saying, "Hey, move it, buddy. Watch it. Kid.
0: Yes, funny death. In that moment, that Bojack realizes that he had the ability to speak the whole time built into his helmet.
1: That was that was great. It's just it was a perfect way to top off the episode there, right at the end.
0: And you know what? He would have known that if he hadn't caused a scene on the submarine. Yeah, and he hadn't been tased. If he had been a sensible person who fulfilled his responsibilities none of this would have happened yeah as usual the whole dilemma was caused by his own childishness yeah but dave what an amazing episode it really really was was. really delightful
1: yeah so again this is a prime example of an episode that can be out of place and completely different but still very much a good episode um so in a weird way, it was kind of in place because it was great. But I'm going off on a tangent here. But yeah, I, I I did thoroughly enjoy this episode.
0: No, I think that's really that's really good. Um, because we've talked about how it is funny and there is slapstick humor and it does things really differently from the standard show, which is really easy to 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 be clear about because he can't speak. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't sort of take any, sorry, deep dive into the details to to explain that, but it doesn't compromise the truth of the show. He's still constantly hurt by his own selfishness. Um, he, he sabotages, in a way, his own attempts to make things right. If he been able to communicate better he would have been able to get that apology off even though he had the best of intentions yeah yeah it's still very much an episode of bojack horseman it's not like some of the other bad episodes that we have reviewed and we will review where you're kind of left scratching your head and saying who wrote this this is ridiculous
1: yeah like it's again it's just it's got the same theme it's just very it's just gone about it in a completely different way which in this case turned out really really great
0: incredibly I think. well yeah mm. uh, it would be amazing for us to see more shows having the balls to, to take creative risks and do interesting things like this
1: yeah exactly because there's plenty of times you see it people take a risk with an episode and then it doesn't really turn out um, ends up just falling flat on its face
0: but, you know, they took the risk anyway. I think in, in this case, obviously, the risk paid off. And and they did it at the right place in the show's history as well, in the middle yeah. of Season 3. Yeah, like, it there was enough like, time to really establish the characters, to establish the art style, to establish the story, to make sure that they had a following and they really were onto something. It wasn't like our first episode of star trek the next generation where the second episode in they did a really bizarre episode that strained credulity and was just far 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 too soon before you even got to know the characters they were doing stupid wacky things that were out of place
1: yeah like um like this episode like, the placement was just it was great because it was you know it was three seasons in you'd already like like you said that already got a really good grasp on the character but also Obviously, it was mainly about like some of the events. Obviously, he was promoting his like movie, um, like trying to get trying to get an Oscar, I believe. And then, yeah. and Kelsey was actually having watched through it recently. Kelsey was a director who used to work on that show, um, but he essentially, in a kind of roundabout way, got her fired because they tried to sort of go rogue and shoot this this like super cool scene, but it didn't really work out. She got ended up getting fired for that, and so he kind of felt bad about that because it's, it's the movie that he's going down there for.
0: Yeah, it's, it's really thoughtfully put together. They haven't just slapped those ideas together. There's, there's still like a culmination of the history of the story that's taking place here. Yeah, yeah. Despite being a bottle episode, it still contributes to the, the greater narrative of this, the season. Hmm, yeah. And d- did he win the award?
1: He did not, unfortunately. Ah. I think it kind of happens later on that's in the good. season.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he didn't deserve it. That's that's still, that's still really fitting. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Um, so I have to say, I really quite liked the music in the episode, just the background music. It was kind of this sort of like electronic kind of um, toned down. Kind of feel. Yeah. Can't really describe it. But yeah, it was I felt like it really fit the episode. It wasn't. It was like, again, different from some of the, I guess, music or sounds that they would have in the normal episodes. But it really fit this episode really well. And, you know, just, just a nice touch.
0: It was... It feels like the old, very early Moog synthesizer sort of tones... Yeah, right? It's really simplistic and there's a little bit of like soft distortion in that very simple chill wave vibes. Yeah, right? It just I kind could of... really uh, see myself having that as like just a chill out playlist playing while I'm working from home. Yeah. And it's really nice that while he is... Stressed out and having a terrible time. Like the world is just sort of very happily, cruisely, just moving along, despite how he feels.
1: Mm. I guess that's just that's just it. That fits along with the theme of the show too. Like you know, you make mistakes, bad things happen, life
0: goes on. There's a real purifying effect of the show as well of this episode as well um how he is unable to smoke and he opens his hip flask which he's obviously carrying with him um scotch or whiskey or something similar at all times and it just washes out into the ocean yeah he's not able to live his vices while he's down there
1: yeah like he doesn't even have those small comforts
0: yeah and he probably is detoxing at some level as well during this yeah makes sense. So when Bergek first arrives at the seaport, which is the
1: free Willy seaport, which I mm-hmm. thought was a nice touch uh-huh. where you would find the the arrival platforms there's signs there's four there's four signs in a row you know a couple of meters apart from each other and the first one has got a picture of one fish, the second one has two fish. The third one has a red fish and the fourth one has a blue fish. I thought that was <laughs> that was a great joke. I, I did actually up, really funny pick up on that the first time I watched that, but yeah that made
0: me giggle. I noticed that when he is in his uh, apartment when he first gets there and he's in the hotel, he looks out through the the oh uh, yeah the peephole, yeah. I think it's called in the door, and it is very clearly drawn To be a fisheye lens.
1: Yeah, I noticed that as well. That was a good, a nice touch. There was another one. He was in the hotel lobby when he first arrives, I think. And there's a painting, like in the background, of a sailor with a harpoon in a boxing ring fighting Moby Dick wearing boxing gloves. That's cool. That was neat. And uh,
0: I I noticed in the store. That has Tim Jaws, the shark, operating yep, it. Yeah,
1: Tim Jaws.
0: Uh, one of one of the magazines, obviously there's bait fish, and if you use them, you're you're baiting. The fish was called Master Baiter. Yeah, yeah, the... <laughs> That's, the best. <laughs> That's the best. That's the best. So good.
1: It's a way of being smug and superior. They're ignorant. Stupid yeah. and narcissistic. It's pushed it too far this time, man. They weren't nothing. Self-righteous life forms where are eager to prosecute, to judge, anything they don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. It. What? What?
0: What the? Sorry? What? So we're up to the final piece of our podcast episode, Dave, where we, based on this single episode, give our thoughts on what the rest of the TV show must be like and must be about. We're thinking about this show completely, this episode completely in isolation and uh-huh. drawing our assumptions based on what we've seen in this one episode only. So Dave, based on fish out of water, what is Bojack Horseman about?
1: Um. Okay, well, I guess I get the vibe that he's this, this sort of bumbling, somewhat well-intentioned idiot. Um. You know, he goes, he's trying to, you know... Fix everything with the the seahorse dad. Um, you know, he's the hapless horse, I guess, who just gets stuck in bad <laughs> the situations. Hapless horse, hapless that's horse that's, right? Yeah. It's new title, new, ta- new title for Bojack Horseman: The Hapless Horse. He's you know well intentioned, but just sort of messes everything up, either through his own doing or just by, by pure coincidence. Um, well, I get. Obviously, it's good that the whole seahorse thing, you know, getting the seahorse kid back. That, that pays off. And that worked out well, so that's good. But, you know, the whole apology to Kelsey. He was en- ended up being late to the premiere for his own movie. It's humour at his expense.
0: Uh, I probably took a little bit of a different uh, course from you on this one. I think we're okay. usually pretty aligned, but this one's a little bit different. Okay, so me uh, in. Bojack Horseman is the show about a horse who's, who is something of a hand Solo sort of character. He is... The, the scoundrel with the heart of gold. He is the hero who doesn't want to be the hero. He's forced into this situation during this story where he has to rescue the seahorse child. And he doesn't want to. He's clearly fit, strong, agile, cunning, clever, brave. As he, he fights enemies, he hides from sharks... He explores the depths of the ocean, he makes his way through the taffy factory, um, all the while uh, caring for this child. I'd say that BoJack Horseman is about an unwitting hero, who episode by episode uh, solves the world's problems, uh, while at the same time finding himself at the bottom of the scrap heap at the end.
1: Wow, that's definitely a different take from it, but um yeah. <laughs> different different take from what I had, but that's that's pretty good. I like that.
0: He gets around in a ship called the Millennium Mustang. <laughs> that's that's good. Could use that.
1: <laughs> okay, and with that we're pretty we've pretty much wrapped up um this episode, this fish out of water episode. Um so Nathan, could you tell us a bit yes.
0: about the
1: next episode? What will we be
0: doing next oh dave i hope you have enjoyed this oasis in the desert Uh oh i hope you have enjoyed uh this safe tower in a time of war this uh comforting blanket in the cold i hope that you've enjoyed (laughs) this island in the ocean dave i hope that you've enjoyed the shelter of the storm Dave, it is South Park, Season 10, Episode 5, A Million Little Fibers. Oh, boy.
1: We're in for...
0: Oh. oh, prepare yourself. That's something for our listeners to, uh, to decide for themselves whether decide they want th- to uh, watch this one before listening to the, the next episode or not. If If they're brave enough to take that risk.
1: Yeah. Yep,
0: we, we, we sort, through, sort through the crap so you guys can get the gold. We just review the Rough and the Diamonds. Absolutely. This episode is sponsored by Switchnode, music by Headshot to the Heart, and Scott Buckley. I'm Nathan, and you can contact me on Twitter at Only. And I'm David, and you can contact me at
1: Rough and the Diamonds memes on Facebook and Instagram.
0: Perfect
1: combined. I'm David, and you can find me at. David Garrett, meme expert, on Facebook.
0: That's the best. That's so great. (laughs) Follow my page. (laughs)
1: Like, subscribe.
0: (laughs) Then you can sell it to some super dodgy media company when you've got enough followers and make 10 grand. (laughs) Sounds good. That's the best.